Welcome to the Cornerstone Truth New Creation Podcast. Each week we'll explore fundamental truths about the genuine love of Christ being manifest through His people, the Church. During these studies, we will discover that the sincere love of Christ flows from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. This is the goal of our instruction, and we are so thankful you're listening today. Well, good morning once again. It is great to feel normal again. Here we are, we're singing and we're breaking bread and uh, we're enjoying the sunshine and wow, it's absolutely amazing. Now we have some special guests this morning. Stephen Joyce from Arizona, New Mexico. And it was down south, my geography is not very good. And uh, what a blessing to have you this morning. Every time you're up here visiting relatives, they come and assemble with us. So it's pretty awesome. And uh, it's great to have Charles and Phyllis here this morning. That's awesome. Visitor from Texas, the great, you know, what is it? The Lone Star State, a uh, guy named Andrew. It's great to have him this morning. So anyway, appreciate all. Uh, Ashar, it's good to see you this morning. It's great. Woo-hoo. All right. And so uh, one of the things that we do is we do uh, words of encouragement. But before we do that, just a couple of quick announcements. Uh, number one, evening assembly will be here tonight. We'll be at six o'clock. We have a special guest speaker flying in from Crow, Oregon, and he is going to be speaking with us. His name is Jeff, the old farmer. And so anyway, I'm excited. I love it when old farmers preach, so it'll be great. Tonight, here at six o'clock. And then we have a very special speaker next week, John if you haven't met John yet, John was immersed into Christ, what was it, two weeks ago or three weeks ago? Man, this guy is on the scriptures. Let me, let me read you something that he has been, that he designed and he is now consistently reading to himself. And I've stolen it, by the way. Christ dwells within me. As he walks, I walk. As he speaks, I speak. As he listens, I listen. That's powerful, isn't it? Remember what Jesus said? He said, deny self, take up my cross and follow me. Uh, That sounds like, uh, you know, this young man desires to follow Christ. By the way, uh, many of you don't know, but he's been serving the the Lord's church even before he was immersed into Christ here. So that's very powerful. So anyway, just uh, excited about that. So Wednesday night, let me encourage you, if you haven't been listening to Wednesday night, uh, listen to Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. It's on the Facebook, Facebook Live. And the reason I say that is this. This morning during Eric's lesson, a couple people shared, I'm not sure what to do in light of this, this present time. And that's a, that is really true. I think a lot of people are in that boat. What am I supposed to do as a Christian man? That's a great question. We are actually answering that in regards to being a Christian in the context of of a constitutional republic. At least that's what we should be. And so we talked about communism and we talked about democracy last week. We're talking about a couple other forms of civil government, a bureaucracy. I kind of think that's kind of what we are in part. Uh, and uh, then we're going to talk about constitutional republic. You know, that, that name is thrown around there just like, yeah, we're a constitutional republic. And you ask somebody what that means and they go, great question. You know, so so we're going to answer that question, and what does that really mean for us, and what should we be doing as citizens 
of a constitutional republic? There is an answer. You right now can be active in helping empower and encourage our civil elected civil servants and also to helping to hold accountable those who are serving us in the community. So that's so important. So I hope you'll listen in. Uh, next announcement, G4 Summit coming up in three weeks. And a whole bunch of us are trooping up to uh, Irish Taylor uh, Lakes. It's going to be a great time. And uh, I've ordered that there be no mosquitoes this year. And uh, I have been going out into the woods quite frequently every couple weeks. And uh, there are fewer mosquitoes. I don't know if God is in preparation of moving them out. You know, he can bring swarms of locusts so he can remove swarms of mosquitoes, right? I mean, that's what I'm thinking. And so uh, I'm going to have information next week, maps, times, dates, who, what, where, why, when, uh, which road to take. It sounds like come from the east side is easier than the west. So we'll have all that information next week if you're interested in participating in that. And uh, I want to do notes of encouragement right now. And, and Emma, would you be so willing to help? And uh, when, when I call out your name, if you'd raise your hand so Emma can see where you are, if, if uh, you're not one of the, the usuals. So Stephen Joyce, I think you're in here somewhere. So why do we do this is because we want the power of positive, encouraging one another and more and more as we see the day drawing near. Mrs. Compton, thank you for doing so many different things with such a good attitude. How do you do it? I like your smile. I wonder if this person is talking about being married to me. I don't know. How do you do it with a great attitude? You are amazing. All right. Bill, so thankful for your sacrificial leadership. Amen. Elijah. Where's oh, Elijah's not here. I'll have to always save that one. Tamara, you are a wonderful woman. I love your hugs. You are the sweetest person I know. Thank you. I agree with that one. Miriam, you are fantastic. You're having a great smile. And I think this person loves you too. So there you go. Jamie, I love your hugs. You have a you have a bright and shiny personality. Can I get an amen on that one? Amen. And uh, you are awesome and amazing. And I'm glad that you are here, Jamie. All right, Emma, watch this one. Watch for hands now. John. John, I so appreciate you and your servant's heart. Thank you for uh, your investing your time, energy, and resources to advance the kingdom work, to seek and to save the lost here at Pleasant Hill. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Eric. Eric. I so appreciate your teaching and teaching style. Awesome uh, series of thought-provoking lessons. Once again, I got hammered this morning. Thank you. It's great. I appreciate that. All right. You know what? If you want to be any part of the, the body of Christ, this is your first lesson. I haven't forgotten it. Wouldn't it be great if we all wanted to be the heart of the body of Christ? Man, talk about a great place to be, huh? Here we go. Stephen Joyce. Here we are. Somebody got you. It is always a joy to see you when you visit Oregon and choose to assemble with us. Amen. Let's give it up for Joyce or Stephen Joyce. How many years? Has this been like three or four or five? Or it's been why it's great. Charles and Phyllis, always an encouragement to see you. Thanks for fellowshipping with us. It's great to have you this morning. Sure. All right. You couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't hide over there. There you go. So great to see you and your smiling eyes. 
<laughs> All right, it's awesome, man. It's great. It's great to be masked up. You know, you really, you really have to be observant because how many of you can listen with your eyes? And eyes are the window of the soul. So, Shar, what a beautiful soul you have. There you go. Liberty! <laughs> you thought you could sneak in here, didn't you? I love your smiling face and get a hug. It sounds like there's a hug in your future, I suppose. Love you so much. Those people going to be hugging on you, I think. All right. Okay. Remind me to do this afterwards. He needs to, he needs to be talked about. So, uh, oh, and there's one last thing that we do. For those of you who are watching, uh, one thing that we do here that we haven't been doing, which is really awful, uh, we haven't been singing happy birthday to people. You know, God uniquely, distinctly created each one of us. And so I'm going to name you first name. You know who you are. You don't need to stand. And so here we go. Melissa Lawson. Now, these are all the ones we haven't sung to. Are you ready? From March to through July. <laughs> So I'm just going to work them them all at one shot. Melissa, Lawson, Logan. <laughs> Lewis isn't here. Jeff, Nicole, Nicole's not here. Jamie, Vaughn, Carrie, Eli, Eric, and Lana, Christian. Great to see Christian. Sharon, Bill, John, Tanya, Ken, Brian, Braxton, Michael. Good to see you, Michael. Love the smile. Pam, Justine, Ryan, Ty, Andrew, and Big Jake who will hopefully be here tomorrow. We should be praying for him. There's a fire over there near Crescent, and it sounds like he might be on it. So be praying for his safety. Okay, here we go. Let's sing happy birthday. Happy birthday to everybody. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Woohoo! All right. Now, if I miss somebody, wow, that's pretty bad. I, I went through the list. So, hey, does everybody have their lesson plan? If you need a lesson plan, raise your hand and, and uh, maybe someone will go grab. Okay. Yes? Oh, Elijah. Woohoo! Last encouragement. We saved the best for last. Here we go, Elijah. You are a really cool person to be around. You are optimistic and very encouraging. Let's give it up for Elijah. Woo! All right, Elijah. We didn't clap for anybody else, Elijah, so. <laughs> All right, so if you need one of these, raise your hand. Mrs. Compton, my lovely bride, right up front here. There's a handoff. Anybody else? Okay, there you go. All right, let's grab our Bibles and turn to, you guessed it, Psalms chapter 16. Thank you for uh, reading that this morning to begin with Scott. That was great. Psalm 16 and verse 11, the theme of our focus for the year. You will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand there are pleasures forever. As you well know, if you're a Christian this morning, you have been raised up and you are seated with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, where there is fullness of joy. We are now answering the question, how do we experience the fullness of joy in this life? 
That's what we're working on. Now, the next passage of scripture is uh, was given to me by Tamara. Let's go to the book of Nehemiah. And so if you don't like the sermon this morning, you can take it up with Tamara. Sorry, Tamara. <laughs> At, no, that's, we're having fun here, okay? Uh, you're going to like, well, you at least like the scripture. God wrote it. So uh, the sermon, I don't know. We'll see. So Nehemiah in chapter 8 and uh, reading verse 9 through 12. Nehemiah chapter 8, verses 9 through 12. Then Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezariah, the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people were weeping when they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, Go eat of the fat, drink of the sweet, and, and send portions to him who has nothing. For this day is holy to the Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites calmed all the people, saying, Be still, for the day is holy. Do not be grieved. All the people went away to eat, to drink, to send portions, to celebrate a great festival, because they understood the words which had been made known to them. Let's pray. Father, we're thankful for this passage of Scripture. So oftentimes when we read the scriptures, we are caught because we, we feel guilty, we've fallen short. But the beauty of the complete word, the perfect law of liberty, including, of course, the New Testament. Father, when we are convicted by the word of God, that's a good thing. It, it shows us a place where we need to make changes. And we know that you are a gracious and loving and merciful God. And so, Father, how deeply appreciative and thankful we are for the great salvation that you have provided for us through your son Jesus Christ. Lord God, when we read the word, it causes us to desire, Father, to draw near to you so that you might help us grow in faith, knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. Father, help us then when we find ourselves coming up a little bit short, not to beat ourselves up as, as so oftentimes those who are in the world do, and those who don't understand the truth do. But help us to understand, Father, this is a time where you have graciously allowed us to see something in our lives that is hurtful not only to ourselves, but others, so that we can come to you and seek your ways, the path of life, and make amends, repent, and change, Father, so that we can once again be renewed in our relationship with you, and Father, the joy of your salvation, the joy of your presence is restored and renewed. And we can continue to move forward in the grace and mercy and power that you've granted to us in your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for this passage of scripture. For the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our courage and power in times when we might be perplexed. For we know, Father, that we are seated with you in the heavenly places where there's fullness of joy. We ask these things in your son's name, Jesus. Amen. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Can we say that confidently? The joy of the Lord is my strength. Well, we need to know what the joy of the Lord is. And I would invite you to go back and review 
what we've studied in regards to the, both the Hebrew and the Greek word for joy. It's not necessarily dancing around, although that can be a part of it, but the joy of the Lord is the contentment and the peace, the calm delight that we have when our relationship with God is right. You see, there is a peace that is beyond comprehension that is granted to us in Christ Jesus. You know, I love the old statement that says, no N-O Jesus, no N-O peace. But then on the other part of the bumper sticker, it says, no K-N-O-W Jesus, no K-N-O-W peace. And you can know joy in having that right relationship with God. I don't know about you, but when I came up out of the water grave of immersion, talk about ecstatic joy. I mean, it was just, whoa, it was all so awesome. And I know I've been to many of your immersions. In fact, I was very close and intimate putting you in the water and then God raising you up again. And the joy that you manifest was awesome. John's one cool operator. He goes, I've been thinking about the water. Do you have time today? I knew exactly what he was talking about. I go, yeah, I got time. We're getting these studies done. We'll go down the water. I mean, that's what he said. Isn't that what he said in that text? It was just like that. I've been thinking about the water. You got time today. I mean, that's just, that's how John is. So we would go down the water and we immersed him into Christ and he gave him a big hug and he gave me a big big bear hug back and and uh, it was really awesome as later on he said, he said, the weight was lifted off. That's what I experienced. The weight was lifted off. What weight? We're going to hear about that weight that holds you down and steals your joy. The opposite of joy is despair. The opposite of joy is confusion. The opposite of joy is, is, is no peace, fear. We can have great joy now and every day, regardless of what's going on in the world. And that's what we're working on. So number one, true joy, genuine joy can only come from a right relationship with God. So if you're not a Christian, you want to become one. If you are a Christian and you're struggling, search the scriptures to know where you are living for yourself rather than for God. Because as you live for God, as was stated this morning more than once, then your heart is going to be quieted. Because you know that you and God are one and at peace and working together. That's really where joy comes from. Number two this morning, true joy continues in our service to others. That's really how we serve Jesus Christ, is by serving other people. Remember, Jesus is gonna say on the last day to those who are the sheep, to those who have lived for him, he's going to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant, enter into your rest, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was naked and you clothed me as a prisoner and you visited me. I was sick. 
powerful statement there. He goes, you reached out to me. And then he says at the end, when you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. That's where the joy comes from. And as uh, Kirk said, man, that was a slam dunk. That was like a, a big old two by four on my head. Boom. What are you thinking about when you're by yourself? Thanks, Kirk. So I started to think about what I think about when I'm by myself, because I was by myself back there thinking about myself, thinking about myself, and I was going, oh. You know what I'm saying? Thanks, Kirk. That was awesome. In other words, I got some work to do. I love it when good men, good women, live truth and speak truth. The final thing here in regards to the joy of the Lord is real joy often ends with self when we serve ourselves. So many of you heard this acronym before. Joy. Jesus first, others next, and yourself last. Have you ever noticed when you really get focused on yourself, your problems get really big and almost overwhelming and you get frustrated and you get a little mean and you get a little snarly or snarky or whatever it is you get. That's what self does. And where's the joy? It's out the window, right? Well, I know that's true. You're a human being and so am I. I've been there, done that. I'm not going to tell you how many times, right? And so it's so important for us to recognize those are the three things they're so important for us to recognize and understand and implement in our lives to have true joy. So let's look at the first point this morning of the lesson. And I encourage you, if you have your lesson plans now, turn with me to the book of Psalms 51. And Eric this morning um, used this psalm. Was it you, Eric, at the very end? It was excellent. Psalm 51. Yeah, yeah, this is the very first verse, Eric. Must be that God wanted us to know this verse. He said, you know what? People are forgetful. We're going to do it twice. All right, so uh, here we go. Psalms 51, verse 10 through 13. Created me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of of your salvation and sustain me with a willing spirit. And then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will be converted to you. Powerful passage of scripture. Some of you know this song that this scripture was put to. Very powerful, powerful song. Keith Green, an old gospel, not old, kind of a young old. He's kind of one of the first rockers for... Uh, uh, Christian, uh, uh, whatever. And so Keith Green was one of those guys that helped me move towards Christianity. This is one of the verses he sang. He sang scripture. It was powerful. You want me to sing it for you? Good, I thought so. So I said, no, please don't. <laughs> okay, I'll sing a few, few, few bars. Create in me a clean heart, O God. And renew a right spirit within me. And then he repeats that. The joy of thy salvation. When I came out of that water grave, 
I was ecstatically joyful. And you know, when, when I have fallen short of God and, and I've come back to him as one of his children and I've asked him to forgive me, the joy is restored in that because I know I'm his child. Do you believe the word of God? Do you believe the word of God is true? If you're a son or daughter of God, it says in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9. I love this passage of scripture. What does it say? What does 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9 say? Great. I was hoping people would turn there, but that's okay. That's awesome. Look, Jesus Christ is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. If we confess to him our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Do you realize how awesome that is? Not only is the sin that I committed that I'm aware of taken away, forgiven and forgotten, but everything is taken away. All those things I don't even know that I've done. You are restored to perfect purity and relationship with God. I don't know about you, but that just blows my mind. And so when I confess, I remember that scripture and I love that scripture. That's power. We need to recognize the joy of salvation can be ours. I want you to read on your own time, Isaiah 61 verses uh, one through three. That's in the notes. And again, Galatians 5, 22. The spirit will create joy in you, but you must allow the spirit to create joy in you by listening to his word and being responsive. Look at Isaiah 51. Isaiah chapter 51. Moving from Psalms 51 to Isaiah 51. Very powerful passage of scripture here. Just one little verse there. Verse 11. Isaiah chapter 51 and verse 11. Many of you know Isaiah is the Messianic prophet. He talks about Christ. He also talks about the church. Us. And he describes who we are and how we're supposed to live our lives. Listen to this verse, verse 11. So the ransomed of the Lord will return and come with joyful shouting to Zion. He's talking about us here, the ransomed of the Lord. And everlasting joy will be on their heads, and they will obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and sighing will flee away. They will obtain gladness and joy. If you don't have gladness and joy, if you don't have joy as we've described it, as God describes it, there's only one of two problems. Number one, you're not a Christian. You don't have the Holy Spirit. You can't experience the joy because you're not reconciled to God. Or as a Christian, you're doing some stuff that is not in alignment with God's will. That's really the two ways to, to, to get joy. And so if you're a Christian this morning, and I know most of us are, not all of us, if, there's not, if you're not experiencing joy as we've described it, then your focus must be somewhere other than Jesus. Jesus has got to be the focus. Jesus first. That's why we need to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Look at Romans 15. Wow, Romans 15 and verse 13. This is a great verse, very solid verse in regards to the complete and total joy of the Lord being ours as Christians now in this world. It's possible. Notice what uh, the Apostle Paul says here, and I have it circled, 
and I have it in this beautiful azure color. I've been uh, color coding my Bible thanks to uh, uh, the McKinney's. They gave me new color pencils. And so I have like 75 different colors for my Bible. Yeah, talk about joy. Woo! All right, and so I got a little excited there. <laughs> Actually, Nicole is the one that, that inspired me. So anyway, Nicole, thank you. Happy birthday, belated. So verse 13, Romans chapter 15 and verse 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, hope is great confidence. Joy brings hope and hope brings confidence. And so Nehemiah is absolutely right. The joy of the Lord is our strength because the joy brings hope and hope brings confidence and we can go forth. So no matter what happens, God is glorified. You know, when the Apostle Paul was on death row, he wrote the book of 2 Timothy. Have you read that one before? How many of you, if you were on death row and they said, oh, by the way, this next Thursday, <laughs> next Thursday, we're cutting your head off. Just wanted to let you know, we're making the menu for next week and we want to know what you want as your last dinner. How many of you be gone? Cool. Beef stroganoff. All right, on cauliflower rice. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you very much. Can you imagine? The Roman guard going, what's beef stroganoff? You know, I'm sorry. Got a little... But you know, the Apostle Paul, he, he wrote. He, he wrote. He, he wrote. He says, I've, I've fought the good fight. I've run the race. I finished the course. There's now awaiting me a crown of glory. He wasn't fearful. He was looking forward to that last day. He was not fearful. He had what? He had absolute hope. Therefore, he had what? A calm delight. A calm delight. Peace. Because he was right with God. And these Romans were going to take his physical life from him, but all they were going to do Give him his graduation day into glory. You see, we need to recognize and understand when you have the right belief, the right understanding, then you truly do have hope. And so nothing in this world can shake you because you have hope, because you know who you are, where you are, seated with him in the heavenly places, and where you're going. You don't need to fear, but you do need with great courage to move forward serving the Lord. And we're moving on to the next one, point number two. Joy will continue and grow in your service to God by serving other people. So joy grows when you serve other people. Now I've asked this before, but how many of you have ever had the experience where you're overwhelmed with all the stuff in your life and, and you get a phone call, oh, somebody's in the hospital. Now this is me just not too long ago. Somebody's in the hospital. Man, I jump in my car and I go down to see them and they're in a lot crazier place in their life where I am and go, you go visit them and you encourage them. You know what happens when you make that mindset change to, oh no, 
and you, you start focusing on the other person and what they need and what their wife needs and what their kids need. And guess what happens to all your problems? Tell me what happens to your problems when you do that. Where do they go? They're gone. Does anybody else know what I'm talking about? They're gone. Why? Because you're so focused on others. That's why, as Brother Kirk was saying, Jesus in his finest hour, his toughest hour, his last hour, he was focused on the salvation of others. And so he's worried about the women. He's worried about Mary. He's worried about John. He was very worried about those Roman soldiers who didn't have a brain cell about what they were doing. He was very worried about them. He prayed that God would forgive them. Notice, he is focused on others. It says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. There was joy in serving others. And he knew that he was securing all of those people's salvation. And he had joy. Now notice he wasn't dancing around with a big smile on his face. But he had joy. So take a look at Luke and chapter 10, verse 1 and 2. Jesus sends out, Jesus sends out 70 into the, the world. Verse 1, 2, and 3. Luke chapter 10, verse 1, 2, and 3. Joy continues when you serve other people. Now, after this, the Lord uh, uh, appointed 70 others and sent them in pairs ahead of him to every city and place where he was, was going to come. And, and he was saying to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord, the master of the harvest, to send out laborers in his harvest. Go, behold, I send you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Well, thanks, Jesus. We're just saying, look, you need to be on your on your, your focus here. But notice what he says here. I'm sending you out and we get to participate together in the work of helping people get to heaven. That's what Jesus did for you when you became a Christian. By the way, I'm asking you to go out and help people get to heaven. We're working this together. I'm never going to leave you. I'm going to be working in you and through you. And they went out and they did that. But look what happens when they come back. Look at verse 17 and 18. Luke 10, verse 17 and 18. The 70 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I was watching Satan fall from heaven like lightning. In other words, when people go out in the glory of the Lord and the joy of the Lord, which is his strength, and they're working with people and investing their hearts and minds and souls in helping people and listening to them and helping wherever you can help, and they draw near to God and they become Christians, Satan falls from their life. He is destroyed in their life. When a person is immersed into Christ, their sins are completely forgiven, forgotten as far as the east is from the west, and a person is filled with the Holy Spirit. They become a child of God, powered to overcome the devil. The Bible says in the book of Corinthians, in 2 Corinthians, that, or in Romans, excuse me, in Romans, that we, the church of the living God, the embodiment of Christ, are going to crush the head of Satan when we walk in joy because there's strength. In this time, do you see a lot of people walking around with joy? You don't. Who should have joy because they're seated 
with God in the heavenly places where there's fullness of joy. Do you believe that? Go back to the book of Romans 15 and verse 13. There is joy and hope in our belief. Are you convinced that you're seated with him? I am seated with him. God says so. I'm not going to argue with God, and I hope you won't either. He says that. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through verse 6. What you were is not what you are. Where you were is not where you are. You need to understand that. By faith, there's power in that. Look at John chapter 15. Here's where the joy really gets revved up. If you really want to turbocharge your joy, here's where it's at. Turn with me to the book of John chapter 15. Gospel of John chapter 15, verse 8 through 15. Man, I love this passage of scripture. This is a powerful passage of scripture. Gospel of John chapter 15, verses 8 through 12. My father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Just as the Father has loved me and I have also loved you, abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made, what? Full. Fullness of joy is being seated at the right hand of God. When we love like Jesus Christ, the fullness of joy can be ours. And to love like Jesus Christ is to sacrifice self in the service of others. So guess what? Joy, Jesus first, others second, and yourself. Well, my Bible says, and your Bible says, crucify the self. And then you will be able to have joy where Jesus is always first. So you're always focused on the needs of others, like Kirk was saying, because yourself isn't getting in the way. How important is that to understand that truth? Self steals joy, the love of Christ for each other and those yet to be Christians is what brings great joy. So brethren, how has God gifted you? What can you do to love the brethren here in this local fellowship and the greater body of Christ? What can you do? And then what about those who are not yet Christians? I call them pre-Christians. Pre-Christians. Everybody's either a Christian or a pre-Christian, right? Is that an optimistic mindset? Well, of course it is. Is it true? <laughs> yeah, Jesus died for every single human soul. Do you realize that, those in virtual reality land? I know you exist, but you're somewhere else. That Jesus died for every single human soul. He paid for the sins of all the world. Every human beings have their sins paid for, but they need to receive that salvation. They have to choose God, and God chooses them when they are united in the gospel of Jesus Christ. When you die with him, when you're buried with him, when you're raised up with him to walk in newness of life, and that happens when you obey the gospel by being immersed into Christ, into his death, burial, and resurrection. And we all know that here, at least I think most of us do, if not all of us. 
That's where the joy begins because then we can actually love each other because we actually are brothers and sisters in Christ. And we can love like Christ because Christ is in us. Now let's quickly move then to the last point. We have to get self out of the way. We have to get self out of the way. Jesus first, others next, get rid of yourself. You say, I ain't doing that, man. Well, then they're going to be limited in your joy. Let's take a look at a couple of scriptures. Look at Psalms 38. Psalms 38. We've looked at this one before, but it's such an amazingly powerful visual. This is one of the two verses in the Old Testament that really got me stewing and brewing about my life outside of Christ. Uh, Psalms 38, beginning in verse 3. This is, by the way, how God views a person outside of Christ, and this is how I felt outside of Christ before I had the Holy Spirit. There is no soundness in my flesh because of your indignation. I knew I was messed up and I was defying God and I was a rebellious child. I knew that. As I was studying the word of God and as I was looking at myself, I realized, man, I'm in the wrong side of eternity. His indignation was heavy upon me. It goes on in in verse three. There's no health in my bones because of my sin. For my iniquities are gone over my head as a heavy burden. They weigh too much for me. My wounds grow foul and fester because of my folly. You know what the stench, you can't, You can't visualize the stench, but you can think about it, can't you? In a festering wound. And I'm not even going any further, but man, the stench of the death of sin in your life. You go, man, this stinks, man. I got to get out of this mess. That's how I was anyway. Look at verse five. My wounds grow foul and fester because of my folly. I am bent over and greatly bowed down. I go mourning all day long. Hey, there's no joy on my face. Verse 7, for my loins are filled with burning. There's no soundness in my flesh. I'm benumbed and badly crushed. I groan because of the agitation of my heart. Listen to that, agitation of my heart. I knew something was wrong in my life. And I knew it was really badly wrong in my life before I was a Christian. I just couldn't put my finger on it. When I started to study the word of God, I started to realize the problem is is God's never left me. I left him. And I've been running in the wrong direction. I decided to turn back. Look at the last verse there in this passage of scripture. Lord, all my desires before you, my sighing is not hidden from you. My heart throbs, my strength fails me, and the light in my eyes, even that has gone from me. You want, you want strength rather than having your strength fail you? Let God crucify the old man or woman. And then you daily take the scriptures and allow God to, in fact, cut your heart, prick your heart. Where are you falling short? Don't run from God. God is communicating to you then. This is where you need to to come back to me and let me heal you through my word. That's why the people in Nehemiah were crying. Oh, they're crying. And remember, Ezra said, don't cry, don't cry. Don't be grieved. This is a glorious day because you've heard the word of God and you've committed yourself to doing it. This is a day of great freedom and liberty. The joy of the Lord is your strength. 
Rejoice in the Lord's provision. That's what he's saying in Nehemiah. And so all of this awfulness because of selfishness, just remove self. God will initially remove self, and then you daily need to crucify the old man. Remember what it says? He said, you want to follow me? That's awesome, but you need to deny self first. Take up your cross. You need to crucify that old stinking person, and then you need to be what? You need to follow me. That's why, John, I stole this from you. Let me read that again. Appreciate you, man. Christ dwells within me. As I walk, as he walks, I walk. As he speaks, I speak. As he listens, I listen. That is his every day. Every day. He's getting the picture of what does that look like. And when I was talking about preachers, he said, hey, I, I, I'd like to try it. So next Sunday night, I hope you're here. I hope you're here for next Sunday night. John's going to be preaching. <laughs> wow, I'm excited. Be great. Brother, we need to understand the joy comes from getting rid of self and embracing fully Jesus and the service of others. Let's close with this. Romans 8, verse 5 through 8. You know, the book of Romans is a phenomenal, powerful book on faith and mindset. And in Romans chapter 8, it says that you have a choice of mindset. You have a choice of mindset. You have a choice whom to serve. In Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 5, the Apostle Paul says, For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who are according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For the mindset on the flesh is death, but the mindset on the Spirit is life and peace. Why? Because there is union between you and God. There is a, a restoration, a reconciliation of that relationship. There can be joy. And so as we read on and it says here, verse 7, because the mindset on the flesh is hostile toward God, for it does not subject itself to the law of God, it's not even able to do so. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. There's the key. Are you striving to please God? Are you striving to please God? Instead of focusing on the mistakes that you make, know that God will receive you and listen to you and cleanse you and empower you if you're a Christian. If you're not a Christian, become a Christian so that you'll have the Holy Spirit, the spirit of joy in you. And then walk by the Spirit. Walk by the leading that's in the Word. And if you sin, know that you have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, who died not only for your sins, but for the sins of the whole world. And know 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, that you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you your sin and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You can be restored to the joy of your salvation and the power to go out and serve. Brethren, joy. J period, O period, Y period. Stands for Jesus first, others next, and yourself well, just crucify that old man because he or she gets in the way of the joy of the Lord. Amen? Let's pray. And then we're going to get all excited. So if you want to come up and get all excited, that would be great after we're done praying. Father, I thank you so much.
for the blessing of the morning. Thank you for your word. And I do pray, Father, that we would be excited. We would be thankful. We would be filled with the fullness of joy because we know from your word what you have done for us, that you have cleansed us and filled us and seated us with you in the heavenly places where there's fullness of joy. The reconciliation between you and us is complete through Christ. And Father, that relationship can be kept fresh and new as we serve others by serving you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.